welcome to the Smoking PTSD Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Diver. I am a survivor of suicide, a survivor of childhood emotional and physical abuse, as well as a veteran of the U.S. Navy and a retired first responder. I started this podcast to help me on my journey to wellness by sharing my story, my thoughts, and my experiences in a hope that my story will reach and help others and let them know that it's okay to not be okay. With that being said, I'm not a licensed mental or behavioral health professional. I'm just a guy who's been through some stuff and has experienced a trauma survival. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, medical treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding any mental health symptoms, and never disregard professional help or delay in seeking professional advice or treatment because of something you have heard on this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review this episode as your comments can only serve to improve the content. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I apologize for the break that I took. I didn't realize until today that it had been since June that I had actually posted anything here, but sometimes the feeling of why bother hits really hard and it takes a lot for me to get away from those thoughts and feelings. So I feel that sometimes I'm just not creating an impact. uh, So why bother to do this? And I, I want to say that I am merely do this for myself. And while that's partially true, knowing that I'm reaching others is also beneficial to me in behavioral health. So when I don't hear anything from anybody else, it, I kind of get in my own head and I stop doing what had been a fairly successful run of episodes here. But back in June, um, my work days had gotten switched at my previous employer. And what I was doing was I was recording on my days off of work, but those were also days that coincided with my wife being in the office. And as far as I know, she does not know that I do this podcast. Uh, She has never mentioned it to me. And generally, whenever there's an argument, she likes to throw things in my face to try and belittle me and make me feel bad. And I feel that if she knew I was doing this podcast, it would have at some point or other had come up. So I don't believe that she knows that I'm doing this. And when my days off were switched, my days off at home coincided with her working from home as well. So I was uh, intimidated and felt shame and not wanting to sit here and, and do the recordings and have to explain to, to her why I was doing it, uh, just because I don't believe that there would be any type of support structure whatsoever. Um, but that played a big role into why I stopped. How I'm going to work this going forward, if I'm just going to have the subtle art of not giving a fuck, I'm not sure, but uh, we'll see how it, we'll see how it plays out. So one of the things that kind of triggered me to, and I I don't know exactly why I decided to sit here and do this today. Uh, I just, I was sitting here in my, in my den watching a a football game, a couple of football games like I do on Saturday. And uh, I didn't feel like doing a model. I've been doing a lot of models lately and I'm kind of getting burnt out from doing the models. So I wanted to do something different and, I was flipping through Twitter and I saw a couple of things today on Mark Manson's Twitter feed. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. 
But things that he had posted over the past couple of days kind of got me thinking and and I was reading some of the back and forth that he has with his followers. And I decided just to sit here and, and write some notes down and now I'm, now I'm recording them. But I'm curious to know how many of you say or read daily affirmations. And I ask this because I've seen on Twitter or X, um, especially on Mark's feed, that people post daily affirmations on his feed and in behavioral health chats and other behavioral health timelines that I follow. And it got me thinking about how well those are repeated. And I guess not only repeated, but how, how well are they practiced? And I do like affirmations. I just, I just simply don't say them on a regular basis. So I'm just kind of curious about how others do. If that plays a role in your, your behavioral health journey and your daily life or, or whatnot. But so Mark Manson is the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck and book we've talked about before. And it's an excellent self-help book for those who don't like self-help. And those aren't my words. Those are, those are his. Um, but he has daily affirmations on his X account and I really enjoy reading them. And the other day he posted, you'll stop fearing criticism when you realize it's a gift to make you better. And that one kind of stuck with me. And the reason it stuck with me is because when I first read it, I, I didn't agree with it. I don't feel that criticism makes us better. And then I was reading some of the responses uh, to others that had written and posted on on his timeline about it. And then I was doing, I did some Google searches and I did some other reading and, and was looking at what Brene Brown had to say about criticism. And I kind of changed my tune a little bit. So how does the criticism of others make us better? Well, as one person on Mark's X feed put in, he felt that criticism is often seen as a roadblock. And I definitely agree with that. And I think that it's a roadblock that triggers shame, vulnerability, and a desire to hide from others and ourselves, especially if that criticism occurs in a public forum, like a workplace or even online. Criticism, even if it's meant to be constructive criticism, where we're supposed to learn and grow from it, can be perceived as an attack to those with PTSD if our head isn't in the right place or the right we're not in the right headspace to receive it and see it for what it is. Where we should be seeing criticism as a way of jumpstarting growth and understanding that we are human and not perfect, we will fail and we will make mistakes. It's how we handle those mistakes and missteps that matter, not the missteps themselves. And that's one thing that I've definitely, um, that I've been bad at in that As I've said before, the the windshield of the car is much bigger than the rearview mirror. And the reason for that is that we need to see more going forward than what's behind us and what we've already passed. But those of us with PTSD and other behavioral health issues, we see that looking backwards is sometimes the only way that we can actually get through life and get through the day is by constantly reviewing what we've done, where we've been and how we got to where we are. 
And that's just not a, a positive way of living. So when I was reading some of what Brene Brown had written on the subject, I came across a quote that she put in one of her books by Aristotle, the famed Greek philosopher and mathematician who once wrote, to avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. And that's not possible for anyone to do that, which is the point of him saying it. So there's no way that you're going to be able to avoid criticism. And in her book, Rising Strong, Brene writes, all criticism is not created equal and does not have the same intention behind it. And that goes back to what I said earlier about our perception of the criticism that weighs as heavily on us as the criticism itself. And perhaps the criticism is not meant to invalidate us or our performance at work at home, yet we immediately feel invalidated. And the reason for that is because our brains are not in the right place to receive the criticism and to process it. And if we don't know the criticism is coming or it comes from someone who is constantly critical of us, we're always going to have our defense mechanisms and our walls are going to be up when that person starts to approach us because we know nothing good's coming out of this. They're not going to have anything positive to say to me. Without adequately perceiving the criticism, we are left with a fragmented perception of the intention and time and place it was said. So going back to Theodore Roosevelt's speech, The Man in the Arena, we know that he states it's not the critic that counts, yet for many of us, the critic is the only one that counts. Whether that critic is an overbearing parent, step-parent, as I've had, coach, teacher, professor, employer, or spouse, the criticism we hear from them begins to be our daily affirmations, and we have a hard time reconciling the good from the bad and merely perceive ourselves as worthless and less than zero, which is exactly what those people want. Unfortunately, many of us have people in our lives uh, who feel better about themselves by bringing others down. And those, when those people approach us, that provokes our defensiveness, justifying, rationalizing, minimizing, and sometimes self-defeating hostility towards ourselves and because of this, we simply deny our own emotions. But unfortunately, it's, it's just not possible for us to simply shut it off and say we don't care because, of course, we do. We're not sociopaths and we have with no feelings and empathy. We are empathetic to ourselves and to our mindfulness. And that's why we can't simply shut down and ignore the criticism. Those that criticize us have never been on the arena floor and simply live, as Brene puts it, in the cheap seats hurling mean-spirited criticisms down upon us and others. The reason for all this is important because people with PTSD have a hard time deciphering what is and what isn't criticism. And I think this is exactly why when I first read that quote by Mark Manson, I took it the wrong way because... I didn't understand how to properly decipher criticism. I wasn't in the right headspace to properly decipher criticism. And when I read that, I said, no, that's not true. There's, there's no opportunity to learn from somebody criticizing you, but obviously there is, and there, there can be, and there, and there is. But our PTSD, it leads us to, to a feeling of being flawed, and those flaws are what cause us to be triggered by the criticisms of our bosses, spouses, parents, and others, as I said before. 
The traumatized person's past experiences will be drawn or attracted like a moth to a flame, mentally reliving the criticism and placing the blame inwardly until we emotionally shut down and can no longer function normally. So how do we persevere above the din and move forward in a mindful way? Well, one way is to think of of those positive affirmations, like I am enough. Uh, I am enough uh, is a good saying. It's a positive affirmation, and it's something that I do say to myself regularly, if not daily. And I do have it tattooed on the inside of my left wrist so I can easily see it, read it, repeat it, and understand that no matter what happens in my work life, my financial life, my home life, I am enough is my daily mantra to rise above. For some, including myself for a long, long time, that simply was not a viable option. But affirmations are simply statements that we say to ourselves that can shift our mindset and make us feel better about ourselves, even if it's only for a brief period of time. It's a start. It's a way, it's a place where we can begin and say, I'm enough I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to be a better person because of this one day at a time, stuff like that. Those are all daily affirmations that we can say to ourselves. And I say one day at a time uh, quite frequently, um, especially when stress rises up and I have negative thoughts, perhaps about drinking, perhaps about hurting myself. I simply say I am enough and that's that, that's going to be that for the day. And sometimes, I mean, there's been a few times these past few weeks where I've been in a negative headspace and no matter what time it's been, I just take my melatonin gummies and I just say, I'm going to bed. Um, because when I'm in bed asleep, then nothing can hurt me. One of the issues that I have with daily affirmations is that at the end of the day, they're simply words. They aren't actions. They aren't positive reinforcements. They aren't words of love or positivity from those that criticize us. So why should we read them and learn them and follow them? And like I just said a minute ago, because that's a path in which we begin to heal and begin to understand that is not the critic who counts. It's the man in the arena, the one doing the work that matters. So for Thanksgiving, which is right around the corner, I'm going to smoke a turkey for the first time. And I know in some past episodes, I've kind of gotten away from the smoke and PTSD aspect of this podcast and haven't included anything about smoking meats or recipes or anything like that. So my plan is to smoke a turkey and I've not done it before. I've done a lot of reading. I've watched a lot of videos. Um, I think it's going to come out great. I've, I've smoked a lot of meats lately. I just have never done a full turkey. It's, I think it's a, uh, 19 or 20 pounds. I bought the smallest one I could find and I bought a fresh one. I don't like frozen. So I bought a fresh one and I think it's 19 or 20 pounds. So they say it's going to take about four to six hours, but we'll see. But I plan on dry brining it and I'm going to dry brine it with kosher salt. And you never want to use table salt for that. Uh, Kosher salt is a larger salt crystal and it's more designed for this type of a brining application. So I'm going to take, what you need to do first is to pat the turkey dry. Anytime you're going to, any meat that you get from the store, you need to wash it first. Uh, so you want to rinse it off, make sure that it's it's clean. There's no more blood or any juices on it. And then you want to pat it dry with a paper towel. So you need to do that for your turkey. You need to pat it dry 
make sure that the entire surface of the skin and you want to do outside as well as inside is dry. And then you're going to rub the kosher salt onto it and really rub the kosher salt around, make sure that it gets into the skin. And what that's, what that's going to do is not only add a lot of flavor to it, but it, it's going to, as the turkey sits in the fridge, so I'm going to do this, I think, on Monday night or Tuesday. So it's going to have three and a half, two and a half to three days in the refrigerator. And what that's going to do is, as it sits in the fridge, it's going to dry the skin and render the skin extra crispy. I'm also going to add some... I think I'm going to add some brown sugar to it for a little bit of extra flavor. Um, but you want to do this at least a day in advance. So th the longer, the better, the drier it'll be. Um, but if you have time to do it a couple of days in advance, then that's what you want to do. And then I'm going to add some rosemary from uh, my backyard for some extra flavor. But that won't add any moisture to the turkey. If you use parsley or cilantro, those aren't dry herbs. Uh, they're not going, those are going to add a little bit of moisture to the turkey and you don't want to have any moisture. So on Thanksgiving, I'm going to smoke it at about 250 degrees for, like I said, four to six hours until the core temperature reaches about 160 degrees. Uh, so all poultry should be cooked to about 160 degrees, whether you're doing it in the oven or you're doing it on a smoker. So 160 is the temperature you want to get, you want to get to, and then I'll let it rest for about 30 minutes and then carve it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping it's going to come out as good as uh, the videos that I've been watching to prepare myself to do this endeavor. So, you know, we'll see what happens. A uh, short episode this time. Um, I'm glad I'm doing this. It, it feels good to, to sit here and do this again. I'm looking forward to doing the editing. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that I enjoy is, is, is editing this um, because I hate hearing the sound of my own voice. So it's not, that's not the reason that I do these things. Uh, so until next time, uh, happy Thanksgiving and be safe out there. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. Please rate, subscribe, and review as your comments can only serve to improve this podcast. If you or someone you know are struggling with thoughts of suicide, please call or text the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 988. Veterans can also call 988 and press 1 or text 838255. You can reach me on Twitter at PTSD, on Instagram at smokin underscore PTSD, or email me at thesmokinptsdpodcast at gmail.com. And please remember, everyone you meet is struggling with something you know nothing about, so please, let's be kind to one another.